How do you define a healthy mindset? If you have a healthy mindset, do you understand it as being at peace, maybe self-awareness, or be having a positive way of thinking, or maybe even having the strength to get through really difficult things? When we're thinking about what does it take to have a healthy mindset in our everyday, current kind of life, it sounds kind of difficult, right? There is something about it that is uncomfortable. So often it is difficult to make healthy choices on a regular basis. And yet, if we are thinking, man, I could use some healing right now. I could use healing in my life. I can use a different way of living. I want to be inspired. I want to thrive in this world. I want to have hope every single day. I want to stop letting the negativity in. How then might we find some healing in all of those things and more with a healthy mindset? Because healing and having a healthy mindset are actually connected. And so for today, we're going to look at Matthew chapter 8, and we are going to look at five different healing stories of Jesus. Because Jesus, he's like going around, he's like trying to help and heal people. He's listening, he's recognizing folks, and he has this particular mindset, it seems, when he goes into different situations that result in healing. And we see the mindset of those he heals, of those interactions, and of the people around them. And so it's kind of interesting as we're thinking through, what would it mean today? What would you have to do? What practices, what habits, how would you have to begin to cultivate having a healthy mindset so that maybe we can be at peace? That maybe you could find some way, some strength as you're facing difficult decisions or situations or even healing. Just as Jesus gives healing in the scripture to different people, Jesus continues to give healing today in a multitude of ways that maybe we don't think about. Maybe we're not used to thinking about healing being part of a healthy mindset. So for today, we are going to begin in Matthew, the 8th chapter, verses 1 through 4. Now, when Jesus had come down from the mountain, large crowds followed him. A man with a skin disease came, kneeled before him, and said, Lord, if you want, you can make me clean. Jesus reached his, out his hand and touched him, saying, I do want to become clean. Instantly, his skin disease was cleansed. Jesus said to him, don't say anything to anyone. Instead, go and show yourself to the priest and offer the gift that Moses commanded. This will be a testimony to them. All right. So a guy has a skin disease. He's heard about Jesus, that Jesus can heal people in different ways. And uh, what we have to understand is that in the ancient world, a skin disease could be anything. Anything where the skin, maybe it's eczema to something far, far more serious, often called leprosy, but anything, right, that could be contagious or not. This law of being cast out of the community, because that's what's happened. The guy has something wrong with his skin, and so the community says, no, you've got to go. It's a health precaution, and in one sense, we can understand that, right, especially when they don't know what it is, 
they don't know how it passes. And so they're trying to keep the whole community safe. And this man, he needs help. And he is willing to go look for it from whomever. And so he goes and finds Jesus. So he's asking Jesus, hey, can you help me here? And Jesus says, yeah, I'll help you. And Jesus touches him and heals him. Now, we could be so used to this story that we kind of miss this great reversal. Jesus, supposedly, what would happen is Jesus would contract the skin disease himself. He would become unhealthy. But instead, Jesus gives health to the man who should have made Jesus unhealthy. All right. So in this moment, we've got where this guy is like, I need to be healthy. I'm willing to do whatever it is. I think you can help me. He's asking for help. And Jesus is like, I am going to give it to you. And this sense, right, of how in the world do we give health and well-being to others? And in this case, healing is actually about belonging. We may think, oh, it's about a skin disease, but no, it's actually about belonging. It's about him becoming part of the community once again because Jesus says, hey, you've got to go show yourself to the priests because they need to know everything's good and you can be part of the community once again. So to think about that for ourselves as we're thinking about in ways that we need healing because every human, as I said last week, that every human just wants to belong. We all want to be loved. We all want to belong. And so healing looks like belonging. But in cultivating a mindset, a healthy mindset, we have to keep in mind, we have to begin to go, all right, who do I need to go ask for help? What am I willing to risk? Do I recognize that I need to belong? What do I need to be healed from? And so I'm beginning to ask those questions of beginning to delve into going, wait a minute, all of us need healing in some way. What are we willing to do to get it? Who are we willing to ask help, to go to and ask for help from? Whom are we willing to go, wait a minute, I need you to walk this journey with me. I don't have it all together. I need some help in this situation. And here Jesus is able to offer healing. And so for ourselves, not only is it cultivating of who we go ask, but also to recognize that we are part of the healing process with others. And so what kind of things do we need to be aware of? How can we be, wait a minute, I think this person is struggling with belonging. How can I be supportive? How can I be present for this one? So recognizing that connection, cultivating a healthy mindset here gives us a sense, right, of being present with others, of recognizing that sometimes healing on the surface, it may look like a skin disease, but in reality, it's about belonging. Continuing on in Matthew chapter 8, verses 5 through 10 and verse 13. When Jesus went to Capernaum, a centurion approached, pleading with him, Lord, my servant is flat on his back at home, paralyzed, and his suffering is awful. Jesus responded, I'll come and heal him. But the centurion replied, Lord, I don't deserve to have you come under my roof. Just say the word and my servant will be healed. 
I'm a man under authority with soldiers under me. I say to one, go, and he goes, and to another, come, and he comes. I say to my servant, do this, and the servant does it. When Jesus heard this, he was impressed and said to the people following him, I say to you with all seriousness that even in Israel, I haven't found faith like this. Jesus said to the centurion, go, it will be done for you just as you have believed. And his servant was healed that very moment. All right, so we've got to remember a little bit of history here. Roman centurion is one of military might, right? He has people under him. He is a commander, and he is part of the Roman military machine that often causes death. He has status. He has resources. He has abilities that for most in the common society around there would be like, he's got it all together, and here he is. The centurion goes and asks Jesus for help. And we'd be like, well, yeah, of course, because Jesus is healing people. So, But we have to understand the difference from the outside. The centurion, power, status, abilities, has all kinds of resources, serves only Caesar. Caesar thought he was God. And Jesus, the son of a carpenter, walking around just trying to encourage people, trying to respond to people's pain, trying to heal people, trying to encourage people in a different way of living and being in the world. I say, wait, there's another way of connecting to God. There's another way of living that can help you thrive, even if you don't have what society says is what you're supposed to have of status, power, money, authority, control. And so the centurion goes to Jesus, who the society would say, well, Jesus is way lower than the centurion. Why didn't the centurion try to, to find somebody better out there? The centurion submits himself to one who, who isn't on the same level by society standards. He says, I need your help. So the, the centurion recognizes who can actually be of help. It's also important to note that the centurion, kind of like in the previous one, of saying, wait a minute, that, that healing story of the skin disease, of going, okay, we need to recognize we need healing, and so does everyone around us. The centurion recognizes that. He's like, no, I got it. My guy, my servant is in need of help, and I'm willing to do whatever it takes. I'm willing to take that risk. I am willing to go speak to whomever it is to help him. And so healing here, healing here has a, a confidence, but also it's outlining how uncomfortable it can be. Right? The centurion goes to a person like Jesus for help. That there's risk involved. And so cultivating a healthy mindset, if we're with if we're looking towards healing, that becomes this sense, this this thing of going, wait a minute, who do I need to talk to? Is it gonna be uncomfortable? Probably. Am I going to have to possibly take a little bit of risk and be vulnerable and just hope that they're willing to respond? Absolutely. And so that sense of cultivating a healthy mindset has us looking and listening and taking 
risk and being uncomfortable and searching out for others who could be of help. So that not only is the centurion's servant healed, but in another way, the centurion is also healed of thinking certain people are better than others, of looking only to Caesar. And even Jesus is like, wow, that's unexpected. I didn't even expect that. So this is also healing and cultivating a mindset around possibilities. That sometimes when we think there is nothing more, there is not another way, that when we connect a healthy mindset with Jesus, it's about, wait a minute, there is possibility here. There is still possibility if we are willing to notice, if we are willing to look, if we're willing to notice that what we really need healing from, you know, we've got the surface level, but it's that deep down stuff that we, be, that we need to be paying much more attention to. Continuing on in verses 14 through 17. Jesus went home with Peter and saw Peter's mother-in-law lying in bed with a fever. He touched her hand, and the fever left her. Then she got up and served them. That evening, people brought to Jesus many who were demon-possessed. He threw the spirits out with just a word. He healed everyone who was sick. This happened so that what Isaiah the prophet said would be fulfilled. He is the one who took our illnesses and carried away our diseases. All right, so this isn't a case of somebody searching out Jesus. Jesus notices. He goes home with Peter, one of his apostles, one of his close friends. I mean, he does say to Peter, he's like, upon this rock, Peter meaning rock, I will build my church, right? There's this close connection that he has with Peter. He shows up at Peter's home. He notices Peter's mother-in-law is sick, lying in bed, and he goes to her. He's paying attention, right? That healthy mindset of going, wait a minute, who's struggling right here? Who's struggling right now? And he heals her. And she responds by immediately getting up and serving them food, right? It says, he touched her hand and the fever left her. Then she got up and served them. Now, our modern, our modern minds may be like, boys, could you not go make your own dinner? But that's not really the point here. There's a couple of points actually. One is that this is the first healing of a woman in the book of Matthew. And that again is one of those things. Jesus is always present with people that society generally says, yeah, no. Or a, his particular group says, yeah, we don't deal with those folks. And he's like, nope, everybody's involved here. Everybody's included. And so he heals her. And in response, she offers him something. She serves him. She gives him food just as Jesus so often serves food to others because food is this symbol of strengthening. And so this moment of he heals her and she in mutuality serves him back. She is able to respond. And so not only does she respond with food, but immediately after that, all kinds of people start bringing their sick, 
those who are struggling to Jesus to also be healed. She gives him the strength with food to carry on his work. It's a mutual sense. And so when we're thinking about cultivating a healthy mindset of this self-awareness here, this self-awareness of going, wait a minute, not only have I been healed, but I can heal in response. I can serve in response. I can give in response. Not only do we receive, but we also give. And so here we get the self-awareness of going, wait a minute, I am not below, but instead, or incapable, but instead a mutual respect of saying, as I have been healed, I can heal. So to think about that aspect of cultivating a healthy mindset of how are we responding to the healing that all of us need in whatever way that it is, how are we responding in such a way that is life-changing? Another way to think about this is about the pain that we experience in life the pain that we experience, we can respond out of that pain either in a healing way or in a still destructive, pain-inducing for others kind of way. It's been a while, but you may have heard me use that term of wounded healer. All of us have wounds. All of us need healing. But out of our wounds, as we allow them to be healed, how do we allow that experience to heal others? How do we give that over to others? And so instead of responding when something upsets us, when we're like, ow, that hurts, I don't like that, do we respond with more pain or do we respond with healing? Which is the whole aspect of Jesus and the mother-in-law of mutuality, that he responds with healing and she responds back with the same. Continuing on in verses 18 through 22. Now, when Jesus saw the crowd, he ordered his disciples to go over to the other side of the lake. A legal expert came and said to them, teacher, I'll, I'll follow you wherever you go. Jesus replied, foxes have dens and the birds in the sky have nests, but the human one has no place to lay his head. Another man, one of his disciples said to him, Lord, first let me go and bury my father. But Jesus said to him, follow me and let the dead bury their own dead. Now on the surface, we may think, ooh, harsh, Jesus. That's a little bit, ow. And wait a minute, are, are you really being a healing aspect here? How, how is healing taking place here? But healing often happens when we question ourselves. Right? That whole deeper thing of what do we need to be healed from? What are we really looking for? How do we even begin to cultivate that healthy mindset to find healing? And here, the first guy, the first guy is like, I want to follow you. He Maybe he likes what he sees. Maybe he's like, man, I could get a little of that. I, you know, I, I like this healing on command or something. And Jesus is like, I don't think you understand. When he says foxes have dens, 
Just know that when Jesus uses the term fox, he usually is talking about King Herod. And King Herod was a power-hungry, controlling, violent man. And here, here Jesus is like, foxes have dens. Foxes have dens, and the birds in the sky have nests. So think of it as, you know what? There are people who like comfort. They like staying in one place, but that's not what Jesus is about. Jesus is about, he's, he's all about moving around. He's traveling. He's trying to help as many people as he can so he can't get in one spot and be comfortable. Think about that. So often, having a healthy mindset makes us uncomfortable, as we were kind of talking about earlier with the centurion, and that to be able to grow and to thrive and to find healing, we have to do uncomfortable things. In fact, it's kind of weird how being temporarily uncomfortable can actually result in the best things in life or in a, another level, that leveling up sense of how do we thrive in new ways that we're going to have to get temporarily uncomfortable. And we do this in all kinds of ways. If we're willing to look at our everyday kind of things, we get temporarily uncomfortable when we really need to change jobs. And that's what's best for us, right? It happens in jobs. It happens in relationships. It happens if we're trying to eat healthy and exercise, right? All of these things that kind of like even perspectives and beliefs, our responses, our habits, because we know which ones, eh, I don't think that's really healthy, and which ones it's like, oh, I need to so do. But it takes us being consistently uncomfortable for periods of time so that we can begin to heal. We can begin to change. We can begin to see new perspectives and new ways of living. We can actually live into what Jesus is calling us. And so he's saying to this guy, listen, my way is not comfortable and staying in one place. Like, we've got to be on the move. We've got to be moving forward. We've got to be changing things up if we're going to heal and be present and encourage one another. If we are going to be the hands and feet, the presence of God with others and for ourselves, of what are we willing, how uncomfortable are we going to have to get. And this goes along with what he says next, because another guy shows up, and he's like, oh, oh, I want to go. I, I, another man, one of his disciples said to him, Lord, first let me go and bury my father. But Jesus said to him, follow me and let the dead bury their own dead. And we may think, ooh, that's a little harsh, Jesus. But he's saying, what excuses are you making? What excuses do we make that say, you know, healthy mindset, being that healing presence in the world, a little busy right now, I don't have the time. That sounds really complicated. That sounds like I'm going to have to work harder than I want, or I might have to change some habits and practices. I might change the way that I engage with people. That might change some of my relationships. It's this moment of going, what excuses do we make that keep us from being healthy, that have us going, hey, mm, a healthy mindset, mm, too much. You know, it's not a one-day kind of thing. It's this persistence 
of asking these questions, of trying to dig in, of being really self-aware and of trying to challenge ourselves and go, wait a minute, I think I'm too comfortable in this. How do I get a little bit uncomfortable in a way that helps me thrive, that connects me to the life of Jesus, that connects me to God and God's work in the world? A sense of what excuses do I need to say no more? That's got to end right now. How might we start to cultivate a healthy mindset by challenging the excuses we make and the comfort we may allow ourselves to sit too long in? Finishing up in verses 23 through 27. When Jesus got into a boat, his disciples followed him. A huge storm arose on the lake so that waves were sloshing over the boat, but Jesus was asleep. They came and woke him, saying, Lord, rescue us. We're going to drown. He said to them, why are you afraid, you people of weak faith? Then he got up and gave orders to the winds in the lake, and there was a great calm. The people were amazed and said, what kind of person is this? Even the winds and the lake obey him. Storms, fears. How many of us? could use some healing from our fears, our anxieties, our worries, our insistence on control, our dealing with the unknown, the ambiguity that just, it keeps us on edge, right? A story of healing of storms. And this, this question, right? This, this question that Jesus asked is so very important and is such a vital part to this conversation of cultivating a healthy mindset of why are you afraid? And not to go with the easy answer of, well, the wave is crashing over me. But why, deep down, why are you fearing? What are you afraid of? Why are you afraid of? Why do you need to control? Why... Do you need to know everything? Why can't you sit in the ambiguity of life? Why are you anxious about the unknown? That when we feel those things bubble up inside of us, when we feel, because of situations outside of us, right? That usually, right, situations we can't control begin to come in and we begin to feel that fear. Do we stop and question why? Because Jesus is like, you've got to pinpoint this. Why are you afraid? And what's interesting is that when we are generally, generally, when we are able to pinpoint why are we afraid? Why do I have a problem with letting go? Why am I having such a problem with control in this? Why do I have a problem with ambiguity? Why do I have a problem with the unknown? That when we're able to pinpoint the why, it's almost like we've diffuse the power. That storm loses its power and doesn't fear, doesn't feel as fearful as it once did. Cultivating a healthy mindset is about asking those questions of really getting, digging in, of saying, wait a minute, it doesn't have to be this way. I don't I don't have to sit in this, in this manner. I can respond differently. 
So when we're thinking about all of these different healing stories and all the different ways that Jesus is responding and challenging, right? E even the, the two that say, I want to follow you, but he's trying to offer them healing by changing their mindset of comfort and excuses, right? In each of these, right? That first healing story with the skin disease, all of us need healing in some way. All of us want to belong. So how do we begin to cultivate a mindset of responding to, of being helpful, of saying, wait a minute, no, no. Now that I know that I belong to Jesus, how can I make sure other people feel like they belong, that they know they belong, that there is a community? Who are we willing to ask, to ask for help? Just like the centurion, what are we willing to risk? And then getting that uncomfortable, right? Getting uncomfortable like the centurion did. And then the mutuality of not only recognizing how do I need to be healed, but how, does, how can I be helping others? How can my experiencing of the wounds help bring more love, bring more belonging, bring more healing? Or how are my responses and experiences experiences bringing more pain to others. So as we think about the storms or the challenges of life, those fears that pop up, what are we willing to question? How are all of these situations beginning to help us understand what does it mean to cultivate a healthy mindset? Because life for Jesus was not easy. It wasn't like he was like, nope, everything's great, everything's fine, I am totally at peace. He's walking through, just hitting the easy button each way. No, but instead, he has a healthy mindset that is able to be that healing presence even when others are like, ah, this is not what I signed up for, or wow, I really don't like you. Jesus gets a lot of that. People don't like him because he heals people. We may think that that's kind of crazy, but it's one of those things where not everybody thought Jesus was great, and yet he still needed to heal, and he still needed to cultivate that healthy mindset. And so how does that challenge us today in our habits, in the questions that we ask ourselves, in the way that we're responding to one another, in the way that we are doing that hard work of getting uncomfortable, of what excuses are we making, challenging our self-awareness? What are those things today that we need to be healed from? And what are we willing to do? What are we willing to do to cultivate a healthy mindset so that not only can we experience healing, but everyone around us can begin to experience it as well. Amen. 